This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. At 762 million tonnes. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are lower on Friday. The August soybean contract is down 2.5 cents at 9.04 per bushel. August soy oil is virtually unchanged at 29.72 U.S. cents per pound. August soy meal is down 80 cents at 289.60 per hundredweight. Corn futures are steady to higher Friday morning, with the September contract up a penny at 3.29 per bushel. Chicago oats are steady to higher, with the September contract up a penny at 2.85 per bushel. Wheat futures are stronger Friday morning. Chicago September is up 12 at 5.41. Kansas City September is up 11 at 4.52. And Minneapolis September is up 7 at 5.17. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, July 24th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. There are no such things as small chores on your farm, so you need equipment that works as hard as you do, especially during harvest season. That's where New Holland and Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John come in. During New Holland Harvest Days, get terrific deals on equipment to help you work more productively. Save with 0% financing and cashback offers on select tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today for details. But hurry, Harvest Days ends September 30th, 2020. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Moose Talks. A little later on, we're going to be chatting with Wynette Lowe's, a realtor with Century 21 and a director of the BC Northern Real Estate Board about how the real estate market has fared in Fort St. John in the first half of this year. COVID might have something to do with it, but uh, we'll dig into that a little more later on. To get us started, though, we are joined by the BC Liberal Party leader and the leader of the official opposition in the BC legislature, Andrew Wilkinson. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today on Moose Talks. Thanks for having me. All right, we've got a lot to get to, so uh, we'll see how quickly we can zip through this. Uh, Your message and the Liberal Party's message has changed dramatically since the legislature resumed about a month ago. Uh, At the height of social distancing, you were vocal supporters of the government's response to the pandemic. That's changed a lot. Uh, Why don't we start with this? How do you think the government should be... What do you think the government should be doing differently, I should say, uh, to restart the economy? Because that's been the focus of a lot of your criticism lately. Yeah, just to take it quickly through the chronology, you know, in March and April, we said, look, our job is to fight the virus, not fight each other. We were in a big crisis in British Columbia. Unfortunately, the people of British Columbia rose to the occasion and we got the virus under control. Last week or so, we've had a, a few bumps in that road. We hope the virus gets back under control. But the core message is, where are we going as a society? We can't carry on like this with everybody living on CERB and with massive unemployment and half a million fewer people working than a year ago. So what is the plan? And we've been pushing the NDP on this for 
the plan for education for going back to school, the plan for daycare, the plan for uh, ongoing construction, the plan for where you are, the oil and gas industry, you know, farming, the forest industry. And sadly, we're getting remarkably little back from them. Uh, lots of excuses, lots of uh, repetition that COVID has changed everything. But we're really concerned that the NDP don't seem to have a game plan at all. They're basically saying, well, the feds are going to continue to pump money out and we'll wait and see what happens after that. Uh, it's been, you know, four or five months now we're into this. And it's time that the government of the day under the NDP came up with a plan for where British Columbia is going to revive our economy. We can talk specifics like tourism. We can talk about uh, petroleum. But the core issue is there doesn't seem to be a plan. Ontario and Alberta have already put out plans close to a month ago. Still nothing from the NDP. Mm-hmm. Now, as part of that plan, would you support something like, um, you know, more infrastructure spending, right? So we've got a bridge up here, the Taylor Bridge that crosses the Peace River that's uh, oh, yeah. well well past its kind of best before date. Uh, that would be a big one. Or even, uh, you know, expanding the Alaska Highway to four lanes is something that's kind of been bandied about before. Is the Liberal Party, uh, you guys in favor of stuff like that, investing in infrastructure to help restart the economy? Yeah, and I think we all know that the rules of the game have changed, that it's time to make sure we're keeping people employed, and nobody's talking about balanced budgets the next three or four years, but we've got to get things done and get stuff out of it. So I think of coming down to uh, northbound from Dawson Creek and coming around through blowing snow onto that Taylor Curve and down the hill onto the Taylor Bridge. You're right. That's the biggest bottleneck that I know of north of Prince George, and it's got to get dealt with. So it's a prime candidate for infrastructure spending. But let's remember, that takes a bit of time. We're also going to have shorter-term stuff that needs to get done to get people back into employment because things are tough all over B.C. And I think you know better than I do, it was a bad uh, 2019 for farming. It's still a wet spring in the peace country for farming. Uh, The forest industries had a lot of bumps in the peace country with the LP plant being down in Fort St. John. And I think all of us know that um, the gas industries had better times. You know, back in 1415, I was in the peace country and there were drill rigs all over the place. Now we hear of uh, oil field services companies that are having a really tough time. And this is a, a kind of a perfect storm in the peace country. And it's up to government to do something about it. And do you think that response should be uh, more investment, in, you know, just uh, throwing money at the problem? Maybe it's the wrong sentiment I mean here, but or is it reducing uh, red tape, making it easier for businesses to just kind of make the investments themselves? What do you think the better approach is there? Well, you're not going to get along just fine because it's going to take both. You know, we I hesitate to think what it would be like in the peace country right now if Site C hadn't proceeded generate a lot of work, a lot of local spinoffs, keeps a lot of people employed. But Site C won't go on forever. And so we're going to have to start to think about investments that actually yield uh, benefits to people and keep the economy rolling, along with things like reducing the costs of business, reducing red tape, and especially reducing taxes. The NDP have taken us from the best employment picture in the country and the lowest income taxes outside Alberta to the highest income taxes in the country, and we're now 7 out of 10 in terms of employment. So we've got lots of work to do, and working together, we can get a lot of these things done. And i got to tell you, the, the sentiment in the peace country and across northern D.C. has always been 
just let me get the job done. Let me do my job. I'm good at what I do. Get out of the way and let's get on with it. And sadly, under the NDP, we've seen a they know best kind of approach. They're going to tell you how to live. They're going to tell you how to manage your life. And they're going to tell you that your costs are going up and up and up and up. And for so many small businesses, it just doesn't add up anymore. You throw COVID on top of that. And we're in trouble in this province. Make no mistake about it. All right. Uh, we got to move on. Uh, overdose deaths in BC have spiked significantly, uh, significantly this year, uh, especially as it turns out in places like the North and the Peace Country. Uh, what do you, you think bet. the government should be doing that they aren't on this file? I mean, they, they haven't really made much of a plan yet except other than the premier uh sending a letter to justin trudeau saying you should decriminalize drug possession for personal use yeah this is a huge problem in our society and you're right it affects people all over the province and we get the monthly breakdown of the sad fatalities and you know make no mistake about it two-thirds of them are young men between 18 and 55 who are often employed who die alone, and they're in apartment buildings. They're not living on the street in the downtown east side. And so the question comes, how can you reach those people? They're obviously having a very difficult time in life and have some pain or despair or whatever that drives them to this. And what do the NDP say? Well, we're not going to prosecute for them for possession of drugs. We say, look, two steps that need to be done promptly one is to get a pathway to get people off drugs, give them some hope, treat it like the health problem that it is. All this talk about decriminalization is fine, but it's not going to save a single life. And the second thing, and we've been pushing this for three years now, is set up a proper prescription monitoring program like they have in 49 out of 50 states in the U.S., where if, a, for instance, a construction worker has an injury at work, uh, gets onto some meds from their doctor and they stay on them a bit too long, that's a pathway to addiction because they get dependent. After a few weeks of that um, prescription drug supply, that should be monitored so they can be referred out to the proper care to get them off drugs before they get hooked. All right. Now, uh, speaking of another sort of health situation, uh, and you've already sort of touched on this, uh, the Premier's response to the spike in COVID-19 cases over the past week that have mostly been contained to a thing that happened in the interior uh, has been to show disappointment he's sort of like our dad who says you know i'm not angry i'm disappointed but he also says he's reluctant to impose penalties for people who ignore social distancing recommendations what do you think of that response do you think he needs to do more well we're all in this together we've heard that many many times and so far british columbians have been great about Keeping the social distance, some people wear masks in appropriate places. For instance, if you're in a shopping mall in Richmond, everybody's wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so when you're out in a car lot in Port St. John because it's open air and there aren't that many people around. But people are good about it, and some people just need to be reminded of this. But it's probably going to take a bit more than the Premier saying, come on, guys, smarten up. I think of the drunk driving campaign that happened in the early 90s, which was a huge effort to convince high school kids, basically, that driving drunk is not at all cool. In fact, it's dumb. And that took a while to get hold, but if you talk to anybody under 40 now, they were exposed to that campaign, and they kind of get it. They said, no, you, you don't want to drive drunk. That's really stupid. And we're going to have to go down that kind of pathway to convince people that they've got to take care of themselves and take care of others.
All right, Andrew. I have to ask you about this as well. Um, an MLA in your party, Lori Thronis, I hope I'm saying that name right, uh, recently defended an article published in Light Magazine that advocates for the widely discredited practice of conversion therapy. Now, you tweeted on the 30th, there is no room for the BC, in the BC Liberal Party for homophobia, transphobia, or any other form of discrimination. Uh, I, I guess my question is, why haven't you refo- uh, removed Thronus from caucus yet? Or are you looking at uh, some other way of perhaps punishing him for views that seem contrary to what you tweeted out and to the uh, Liberal Party in general? Yeah, a few layers to this. Start with conversion therapy. You know, I trained as a medical doctor. There's no room for this anywhere in our society. It's just a completely wrong-headed idea, and we do not condone it in any way. Secondly, publications that seem to think it's okay and want to publish about it, we don't think that's an appropriate place to advertise. So that has come to an end. And we're carefully reviewing all the advertising. But we have to remember that things like Facebook, you know, do you go on there at all? Because they contain all kinds of goofy things. And there have actually been a couple of very embarrassing things in uh, publications where the NDP had full-page ads recently Mm -hmm. saying that COVID was brought into North America by adulterers and fornicators. I mean, everybody's vulnerable to this, so all of us have to keep our eyes wide open. And when there's uh, advertising in a publication that turns out to be inappropriate, it's got to stop. We've made that very clear in our caucus, and I think we're moving ahead in a very positive tone on this now, having fixed the problem. All right, and uh, one final question for you. The Premier has also mused in the last month or so on a couple separate occasions about elections uh, perhaps coming up, as that's his prerogative to sort of call it when he likes in general. Uh, What do you think of this? Do you think he's actually going to call one, or that's even on his mind, or is he just, I don't know, uh, trying to stir up trouble, I suppose? Yeah, this was a funny thing he did uh, yesterday, coming out and kind of blithely stating that they have an opportunity for a fall election. I think most of us look around and think of Fort St. John, Dawson Creek, all across the north, think that's not our priority right now, folks. That might be a priority for you, John Horgan, and an opportunity for the NDP. Most of us are worried about containing this wretched disease and making sure we can keep our jobs. You know, let's not forget, we've got millions of people in this country living on CERB, and they're not too worried about an election. They're worried about if they're going to have a job to go back to before Christmas because CERB isn't going to last forever. So let's get our priorities straight. We're pushing them hard in the legislature to say, what's the plan to get the economy rolling again to make sure people can keep their jobs? That's our priority. And interesting, the Green Party said it's an outrageous idea to have an election. And the the only way there'd be an election is if the Greens defected from the NDP. So it's John Horgan's... Uh, goal, I guess, is to try and trigger an election when their popularity is high because of COVID. And it's a purely opportunistic um, effort by the NDP to capitalize on something that is totally inappropriate. All right, Andrew, we're going to have to leave it there, but I really appreciate you taking some time out to uh, talk to us today. Yeah, great to see you, and thanks. And I hope your weather is going to improve for the farmers and everybody else in the peace country. Absolutely. All right, Andrew, you take care, okay?
Thanks very much. Have uh, a great day. All right. We'll be right back with Win Lowe's right here, uh, or Winnette Lowe's, I should say, right here on Moose Talks. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the City of Fort St. John has increased garbage collection to weekly on your regular collection day. Recycling will continue as usual. Be aware pickup times may vary due to the extra pickups. Remember to keep your bins at least three feet apart and ensure the lids are closed. Learn more at fortstjohn.ca under garbage and recycling. Be a part is being in this together. You've got things to haul. You're farming, you're working in the patch or construction, and you need reliable trailers to get the job done. At Legacy Trailer Rentals, they get it. So they offer you a wide variety of trailer sizes and styles to get her done. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Gravel trailers, equipment haulers, combination trailers, they've got them and more. Call Legacy Trailer Rentals now at 780-518-1177 and check out LegacyTrailers.ca. Do you know who has the best flooring in town? Yeah, Bronze Flooring. They have a wide selection of all types of flooring. Did you know they have an expert designer on staff to help with planning and all professional, reliable installations? Really? And their customer service is fantastic. New summer hours, Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., closed weekends, in the Big Bronze Building on 96th Avenue. Check them out on Facebook. I know lots of kids say their grandmas make the best homemade food, but my grandma is so good she has her own kitchen. Mary Jane's Kitchen and Catering. She makes everything herself, and it's so good, especially her spaghetti and lasagna. She even makes sandwiches for a bunch of places. I can't remember them all, though. I'm only nine. Find Mary Jane's delicious sandwiches at Petro Canada Truck Stop, Chevron, Kelly's Convenience Store, Husky, and V&M by the high school. Mary Jane's Kitchen and Catering, also on Facebook. Who's a good boy? You are. Whoa, Fluffy. You're looking a little too fluffy. Maybe it's time for a haircut. Bring your pet into Friendly Pets for the perfect grooming session. They have a stress-free environment where your pet's safety is their top priority. Friendly Pets uses high-quality products to make sure your pet's coat is perfectly treated and ready for summer. They welcome all breeds and sizes of dogs and cats. They can even make sure your rabbit or guinea pig is looking their best. Call 250-787-1561 and book your appointment today. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. We're now joined by Wynette Lowe's with the BC Northern Real Estate Board and Century 21 here in town. Good morning, Wynette. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. So you guys earlier this month on the uh, Northern, pardon me, the BC Northern Real Estate Board uh, put out kind of a report about how uh, real estate sales have been going for the first half of uh, this year so far. That includes uh, COVID-19 and sort of a huge slowdown in the economy in general. Why don't you break down the numbers for us a little bit? How how is the real uh, real estate market faring compared to, say, previous years in the same time? Well, COVID-19 definitely slowed us down. There's no question there, Dub. It, uh, uh, we had a lull in our market. Normally, our spring markets start, uh, we see a pickup mid-March to towards the end of June. And we had a 50% decrease in sales in that time frame. Wow. Just because we were navigating our the climate to the new COVID-19 climate and how to best proceed through that. Would you say the the... I mean, because of the climate, as you say, is it because people uh, 
were reluctant to sell and or buy because they didn't know what was happening or people were reluctant to go to see houses or show their houses because of COVID-19 or is it kind of both? What do you think? It was a mixture of both. Uh, when it first hit, everything was really uncertain. It uh, Nobody knew how to navigate. We were unsure of what was going to happen, mm-hmm. um, how long it would last. And of course, as um, everybody was worried about the health and safety of our themselves and their community. So once we started navigating through that and we got to a point where we um, – well, we were number one deemed essential services. That was a big thing there for a couple of weeks. We weren't even know. We didn't know if we were even allowed to continue our business. Mm-hmm. And then, so of course, we had to figure out ways how to safely do that. And uh, and then, of course, it, it all depended on the clients as well. Like you know, there were some that were very worried, and they should have been. They were in a high risk category, or uh, you know, their immune systems were compromised. So of course, they weren't out looking. And or they didn't allow showings to happen at that time. So it was a real um, mixed bag of uh, stuff that we had to navigate through in order to continue. So it did affect our industry and the markets for sure during that time frame. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you this because uh, just Adam, uh, the boss and the studio producer here at Moose FM, had mentioned he's noticed even in the last month or so, suddenly uh, sales signs and sold signs uh, going up all over the place. So it seems like the market uh, perhaps has picked up uh, even in the last little while uh, since uh, even this report came out. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, we are seeing a positive upswing in the markets for sure. What COVID-19 did in the markets is it delayed our spring market. Mm -hmm. So like I said before, we would normally start typically mid-March, end of the end of June. Well, we, it pushed us and our spring market really is starting now. It started about mid-June. We're seeing an upswing in sales, uh, showings. Uh, Of course, the restrictions have been lifted. So, you know, that's helped tremendously. Um, We, realtors are, uh, you know, we're we're proficient now at, uh, you know, using new technology and, and helping our clients navigate a way through like say uh, social distancing and and so forth so yes it's a, it's been positive i'm assuming our and i highly suspect our numbers in july will see a, a massive upswing okay uh and i guess you know as you say we've kind of the market's sort of been delayed for a bit so do you oh. expect and this might be tough to forecast but that maybe we'll just see everything kind of move back a bit like like uh, there'll be an upswing that lasts later into the year than it normally would? Or or do you think it might just happen more all at the same time and got to be like a, a, a huge kind of upswing that is sort of making up for lost time? And then that's exactly right. You're, you're correct in that assumption. I suspect that our uh, July, August and going into the fall will just be a continuation of what our spring market would be like. Okay. Um, and I don't foresee it. And of course, that's speculation at this point, because if we do see a second wave and new restrictions come on, that will, of course, have a barrier on how what the markets will do at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, say you're somebody who uh, is has perhaps was thinking about selling their house before or buying a house. Mm-hmm. Then COVID-19 happened. They, they said, well, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't going to happen now. What do you say to that person now? You're like, okay, well, here, here's the advantages to now buying or selling a house. I, it is a buyer's market, so it's a good time to buy. But even selling your house right now, what's the upside to this? Even while, uh, even though that 
perhaps uh, they aren't selling for the prices they could be selling at the moment. What, what do you tell somebody who's trying to sell their house right now? Well, that's a good question. First of all, I ask why they, they choose to sell at this time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's all subjective. So it depends on their personal situation. Are they upgrading? Um, if they are, well, I explain to them, you, you're selling low in this market, but you're also purchasing low. So it balances itself out and it, vice versa on a hot market. You know, you sell high, but you're buying high. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, I, I talked to with my clients and uh, we advise, you know, what works best for you? Is it the time in your life right now where you need to sell? Do you need to upgrade? Are you moving out of town? Um, transfer, so forth. So, and that's how I, I personally and professionally advise my clients. And I'm sure most of the other realtors do the same. Now, I wanted to just uh, d- d- kind of for fun, I guess, go back to before COVID-19. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you have a sense or a, kind of a, a forecast to what kind of year you thought we were going to have as compared to previous years and then COVID dashed kind of those hopes or as you say delayed them uh was there other factors that are pl- at play that maybe made it worse because it, with COVID-19 as well kind of causing uh this sort of delay in the market do you think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well 2020 started off pretty much on par with 2019. Mm-hmm. So we were, with the COVID aside, we were we were suspecting that we were going to have the same type of market of, as we've seen in the previous years. And that's really based on um, the oil and gas industry yeah. being still soft. You know, that's had a huge impact on our markets, as well as, you know, the forestry industry. So... We were already, all that stuff was already in play, and and it hasn't changed. And so we suspected our numbers were going to be somewhat similar to years past. Now, COVID-19 is going to change those numbers a bit because of the delays we had in our sales. But it really, I don't think itself will impacted our our numbers at the end of the year. You know, it's like we talked about before, it's just delayed it a bit more. And we're seeing an upsurge in sales uh, recently. All right. It's very interesting time anyway for this. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I look forward to uh, seeing the numbers at the end of the year. And hopefully, as you say, uh, that's just delayed. And maybe maybe it'll end up being better even. We could be optimistic <laughs> for that too, can't yes. we? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Wynette, we'll have to leave it there for now. But uh, thank you so much for making time for us. And as I say, I'll reach out to you again when uh, we more time has passed. We talk about those numbers too. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you very much for having me. All right. We'll be right back to wrap things up here on Moose Talks. Movie in a Parking Lot presented by Fort St. John Co-op, Napit Industries, and V.E. Brandle is back for the month of July at the North Peace Arena parking lot. We're going to be featuring Kill Bill Volume 1 on July 24th at 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. And Missing Link on July 25th at 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Tickets are free, but you must reserve your tickets at energetictickets.ca. Movie in a Parking Lot presented by Fort St. John Co-op, Napit Industries, and V.E. Brandle is sponsored by Windsor Plywood, Home Hardware, Burger King, and Backcountry. This Sports Booster is brought to you by First Choice Towing. For all your towing needs, lockouts, boosters, tows, they do it all 24-7. Call 250-785-2271. You can count on First Choice Towing for all your towing needs. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. 
Our thanks again to B.C. Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson and Wynette Lowe's for joining us today. Make sure you keep checking energeticcity.ca for all your local news and news that matters to you. You can also download the podcast edition of this show uh, and, and this episode and previous episodes at, of Moose Talks at energeticcity.ca slash Moose Talks. That does it for another episode. Adam Rayburn is the studio producer. I'm Dub Craig. Take care of yourselves. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace.
take off your hat, about to say the blessing. Treat her like a lady, better get her home by 11. Put a little back, keep a little stash for the rainy days. Keep a good name, that's the way we were raised on them. sinking barbed wire bonfires one red light blinking home team blue jeans let her wear your jacket had it so good didn't know how good we had it on them main streets and track seats we put some country miles on them friday nights wide open skies back 40 getting wild on sweet by and by i saw the light in a little white church way in the St. John is now open and excited to serve the local community fresh baked bread and treats. You can always be sure that the day you walk into the bakery is the day it was baked. On Saturday, July 25th, Cobb's Bread Fort St. John is celebrating their community with a community day fundraiser, where 100% of the sales from that day are donated to their local charity of choice, Fort St. John Hospital Foundation. Visit Cobb's Bread Fort St. John, located on the corner of 96 and 94th Street. Open every day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. V.E. Brandle has been serving the oil field construction industry in Northeast B.C. since 1961 and have become one of the largest earth-moving contractors based out of Fort St. John. Their reputation is built on trust and quality of workmanship and have become a respected contractor in the oil and gas industry. They operate a well-maintained fleet of equipment and the use of top-con GPS technology to build sites, ponds, and roads to design. V.E. Brandle has been a mainstream in the community for over 59 years and a strong supporter of all nonprofit organizations and First Nations programs. Programs. For your next Earthwork project, contact V.E. Brandle, 250-785-2916. One thing is for sure, riggers get filthy 
and Soap City Cleaning is in the business of making filth disappear. We provide industrial rags and wipes to oil field companies in the North Peace region, along with cleaning of coveralls, gloves, and any other oil field attire. Plus, with our pickup and delivery service, we have the most efficient turnaround times for even the busiest rigs. One thing we've never said is, that's too filthy. No job is too big or small at Soap City Cleaning. See for yourself on 95th Ave or online at SoapCityCleaning at gmail.com. This community update is brought to you by the Fort St. John Co-op. You're at home here. The Fort St. John Hospital Foundation invites individuals, families, friends, and businesses to register individually or as a team to be brave and shave for the 21st annual Bluey Day rescheduled for September 12th. Participants will grow their hair and collect pledges from their community to have their head and or facial hair shaved on Bluey Day. Funds raised for Bluey Day go towards the Fort St. John Hospital Cancer Diagnostic and Care Fund. For more information about Bluey Day and to register, check out fsjhospitalfoundation.ca. Let us know about your event. Email reception at moosefm.ca. To the CRTC, we're CKFUFF. But you can call us 100.1 Moose FM. For St. John's energetic country. Moose country weather. Mainly cloudy sky to start with a chance of showers this morning, turning to showers near noon, along with a risk of a thunderstorm. Could see 10 to 15 millimeters of rain today, high of 16. Continued chance edge uh, showers and thunderstorms this evening, though that all clears up overnight. We'll get down to a low of 10 degrees. For tomorrow, mainly sunny, high of 22. Sunday, also beautiful, sunny and 25. Monday, sunny and 27. And Tuesday, more sunshine in the forecast. Daytime high hitting 25 degrees. 100.1 Moose FM. Got a call from a friend about a friend. There's some news no one ever wants to hear. It hit me like a punch took my breath He was just getting into his best years Yes, something like that'll shake you up Wake you up Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.